Welcome to Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I am your gracious host, Scoop Magoot, accompanied by... Uh, I'm Elaine. <laughs> that's, uh... that's my name. I'm Elaine. I'm is the first, <laughs> and the then first. Elaine's the, the surname. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Elaine, uh, knock knock. Who is there? The topic of our episode, which is humor and music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess fitting. <laughs> yeah, no, that was. Uh, I tried to think of like a clever joke, and I was like, you I, know what? I'm gonna go the lazy route because I, feels, I, I, feels I right. think that that's gonna turn. It's it's gonna be a very prescient decision, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just given the topic, uh, because you know, humor and music is is weird. Yeah, and I think that we, um, you know, typically when we come up with with topics, uh, you know, one of us will recommend something, and we're like, yeah, that's great, let's do it next week. I feel like we've we've t- touched on this here or there, you know, while we're recording, just yeah. offline, about just the broader concept of humor in music. Because, I mean, humor in anything, it it's, you need to strike a very delicate balance depending on the medium you're, you're delivering it. Like, you know, obviously watching a film versus stand up or incorporating, you know, comedy into to music or any number of things. It, I mean, it just... I, I think it's yeah, it, it's it's definitely different depending on how you're distributing it, but I think with mu- like with humor and music, I think it's it's different because like music is unlike any other art form it, yeah. in the way that like, you know, you can literally only hear it. Like Yeah, exactly. And and I think there are a number, I mean, kind of the way I I broke down, you know, we're going to talk about when humor works, when it doesn't. The way I broke it down, uh, you know, the three main categories for each, it really was clear that it, it depends on so many different contexts and it can change after you record something. Like, you know, something that may have been fun. I mean, this is the same for, you know, comedy over the ages, you know, the yeah. like, like the, the Groucho Marx, you know, silent films era, you know, what constituted comedy then, you know, probably wouldn't be <laughs> as yeah. as more broadly uh, appreciated now and i think yeah, that's the same I, I, for i mean you know if, if jack like um i'm thinking of like don rickles if don rickles was still performing yeah. if don rickles was even still alive you know I, I i do not know if he would be nearly as beloved as he was you know like 50 years ago yeah so. and that, that you know it's no fault of his own you know there, there's humor that oh well, actually you know getting cart ahead of the horse here but there, there's humor that I appreciated when I was, you know, a teen or younger that listening to it now as, as an, I guess, an adult, quote unquote, um, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't hit you the same way. And that's the same for everything. But I feel like with humor, um, I feel like humor is, I mean, obviously there's, it's a spectrum, just like any type of enjoyment. Um, but humor is very much like, do you think it's funny or you don't? I mean, obviously there's different degrees, but when something's really funny versus when something really falls flat you feel that in equal measure like you it's it's very strong like when, when something's hilarious it, it's incredibly infectious and when something falls flat it's just beyond awkward like i remember there was one professor um 
we had, we had a thing called humanities where Billy and I went to school and this one professor tried to land joke after joke in this large seminar setting and it, oh it, 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 it got painful after a while. I, I, I'm trying to remember which who that was because that that was a long time ago for me. I know. But then again, there were other professors who they would land they would say jokes and it would, you know, enhance their presentation and it was funny and it was great. So depending on the context you use it, it just it can totally torpedo or you know, enhance what you're trying to say. And I think that's the same for music. If a joke falls flat or, you know, some type of overarching funny theme an artist is trying to convey really isn't funny, I mean, it'll affect your enjoyment of the music overall and vice versa. If they say a lyric or if the, the, you know, the topic of the song, if it's very clever or something, it can enhance something you already enjoyed. Um, you know what's interesting about this is, is how you've sort of come uh, to the topic because I, I honestly, like, when I was thinking about it this week, I, I, I wasn't even considering it in this way. Um, like, I, I was thinking more just, I think, first of all, how just how tough it is to have funny music. Yeah. Because, you know, like, you're already, like, trying to be funny is already a hard thing, you know, mm-hmm. I think. in you know, because, I mean, I, I, like, we're dealing with two subjective things, you know, two, yeah. two subjective forms of entertainment. Um, and that's precisely the problem is that you're putting them together. So it's exponentially tougher yeah. to win over, you know, people for both of those things, which is why, like, you know, um, who we consider, you know, music's, you know, satirists, the, uh, you know, like the, the, the Frank Zappas of, of music, uh, you know, it's, it, it can sometimes not work as well as we think it is, but it's also like, see, I, I was also viewing it from sort of the other way around, exactly like that. Um, kind of like first asking the question, like, is should there be humor in music? But then also thinking about the reverse of that is that like, should we really take music seriously? Well, that's and, interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I don't. That, that's something that I just I, I noticed that even beyond music, like just in all art, there is. Like it feels like the level, like that the the more capitalized the A in art gets, you know, it it feels like the more serious we have to take it for some reason, and like the more like that rod is just like firmly like stuck up our pooper. So yeah, you know, um, um I, I guess to to answer your question a little bit, I think obviously it depends what the 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 overarching topic is. Like if if you're making a um <laughs> like if uh, Pandarecki, the, the, the authority for, um, yeah, uh, her, her, the, the vic- her, victims of Hiroshima. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, like, let's say he, he included some, uh, Zorn esque like cartoon weirdness in the Just middle of that. The like, big like, fart. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that humor will be as well received because, you know, it doesn't really fit Well, the... see, I, I think what I mean is like, I, I, I think you can be lighthearted about things. But it doesn't like mean that, like I don't know. I I just think taking things seriously doesn't exactly mean being humorless. I guess. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like I mean, I you know maybe this isn't the card to pull out right now because we're talking about music. We're supposed to be talking about music, but like Kurt Vonnegut always comes to me as someone who's, you know, has kind of like a serious place in literature, but at the same time you know, sort of encapsulates this um, kind of, you know, th- this 
dark humor about the world that he's like you know fuck it we're all screwed but like let's do a jig while we burn in a way yeah Um, i I think that's um at least you know speaking personally the best kind of humor drives whether they're you know it's enhancing a story or enhancing like i i love 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 when vonnegut um I mean, he's done it on a number of occasions, but there's one video that in one of my English classes we watched where he's describing the different kind of story arcs you can have. Oh, yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's funny and kind of informative. Like, I think I watched it in college, so obviously it wasn't it wasn't as informative then only because, you know, he's covering... He was trying to do it in a funny way, but they're relatively basic concepts. But it did enhance the delivery of, um, the delivery of that message. So I think it really depends... You know, are you being super pretentious where, like, you're, like, are, are you, um, I think a spectrum of, like, a New Yorker comic versus, like, yeah. Family Circus or something like that? Like, that kind of, like, a super, oh, like, God. Family Circus. a super, like, corny, um, like, not really that funny, not really that um, meaningful humor to, like, super pretentious, like, the the joke i think of that family guy episode where peter <laughs> picks up a copy of the new yorker and looks at the comic and he literally is just standing there for like three days and he's like ha i get it hey do you got a copy of jugs <laughs> like, to, like it's just oh, i i, I thought you were gonna do the one where brian starts writing for the new yorker oh that and, was and they're really, like oh really brian that that article is so funny it sh- we should put it in an illustrated laughing square or as you know it <laughs> a comic <laughs> just oh that's funny but, oh, but, but yeah, I don't know if, if you, I wrote down a few examples, uh, you know, mainly, like I said, when humor works, when it doesn't, uh, let's start on a positive note. And, and for me, um, when humor works, I think it really needs to, um, like you need to vibe with that person's personality, with their lyricism, with their music in general, you know, and especially for me, the example I use is different folk artists. I like, you know, especially Father John Misty comes to mind, you know, I, I like him. I like um, his, you know, like what he has to say, the way he approaches things, his lyricism, his sense of humor. There are plenty of people who find him really pretentious and really obnoxious, and that's yep. totally yeah, exactly, yeah, and th- that that's that's totally fine. You know, it. it, it I think my point is that um, you. This is something that you really need to to have with an artist to to find them funny by and large, or find them consistently funny. It's kind of like the the jock in school or like the popular kid in school like if you thought he was an asshole when he would make jokes you'd be like oh what a dick but like if you thought he was cool if you thought he was funny then you know even stuff that was really like the dumbest jokes you'd like you would you would think it was funnier than it probably was yeah so i think for me like really liking really vibing with someone as a songwriter as a musician loving their lyrics or you know loving kind of or being interested in them as an artist and what they have to say will enhance you know what about them you think is funny or yeah. or by contrast it will detract from it if you think that they're an asshole like there are plenty of people who think kanye west is funny i think he's kind of a jerk <laughs> you know so it yeah it, you know he has some funny bars that kind of hit to me as obnoxious just because of who he is as a person like there are there are lyrics um like, like asshole the, the asshole bleach line yeah there's uh one second let me let me find it i should have typed this up i just thought of it i try i've been trying to avoid 
talking about um, Kanye, so I didn't pull up an example from him. It's probably but, a good thing. Um, I, I feel like more people should do that. <laughs> but he has one one lyric on, on one of his his earlier albums. Oh, oh, I always had a PhD, a pretty huge dick, <laughs> and like. Like that's funny, yeah. but now listening to it through the lens of who I know Kanye is, who who he's revealed well, himself. Okay, so, so so all you have to do is is just exchange the word "have" for "it," "are," or "am." Yeah, I guess. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like when I first heard that, you know, before he kind of exploded after you know around the you know Jesus and whatnot, I thought it was a lot funnier than I do now because, like. Instead of that being a funny line, it's like, oh wow, that's him really just showing how much of a you know an enormous in, you know inflated ego he has. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's funny because I, I immediately my mind jumps to um, Black or the Berry, where Kendrick uses like a similar line that you know like, well, it, not necessarily. I mean, but the idea is like you know he's using it in a different context. Yeah, and it's it's somehow just chilling in a way. Yeah, that, that's a great um, point. Yeah, but yeah, I. I guess so. For me, when humor in music works, I think it's like it. It usually works for me when it comes to, um, kind of just this. I don't know, like this black humorish type of, uh, almost like absurdist humor, in yeah. a way, of just like it's more like I I I like when people say funny like like say but when people say stupid things in the middle of a record like which is very very kind of uh in a bland um way to put it but like what i mean is like um if you listen to like the full first soulfly album there's this track and i can't remember it's it's on the second half of the album where uh max kevlar just randomly references hootie and the blowfish (laughs) (laughs) and just whenever i hear that line like i just think it's fucking hilarious like uh, you know, just because for the rest of that thing, it's it's all like you know, jump the fuck up riffs and like Max Cavalera being just you know Max Cavalera, yeah. you know, just like being like as 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 hardcore as you can get for like you know a man who fronted like one of the best you know thrash metal bands ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just <laughs> uh, you know like it's, it's things like that. It's it's like um, it's like hearing all the. Uh, the, the little parts of um, uh, in in Enter the Wu Tang, oh you know, yeah, d- d- just like all the various like uh, commentary and ad libs and that stuff like that, just you know like, like keep feeding you, keep feeding you and feeding you, yeah, yeah, that like that whole line, uh, just e- even like, I mean, I, and I I think sometimes it's not even meant to be humorous because like I'm thinking of like Liquid Swords, like the opening of just like having like the samurai that like um. I think that those Shogun Assassin, the the quote from Shogun Assassin, you know, my yeah. father was the greatest samurai in all of Japan. You know, I, yeah. I just like I, I kind of find that funny because it's like this is a hip hop album, like yeah, exactly. Like I, like and but it's funny though because you could probably find a lot of parallels between the life of a samurai and sort of like the African American experience. In yeah, a way. for sure. Um, it's. It's strange as that is, but I, it's just like I, I, I like when things are just kind of odd. Like, like I, I don't necessarily mean like random. It's, it's just like I, I think when things come up unexpectedly, um, uh, it, it could be a nice little thing. Like it's, like, like, like kind of, 
You, you know how like in like every Marvel movie they they have like a couple of funny lines that are like sparse, like that they're sort of like spliced in between very serious moments. Yeah, it it it's like that 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 contrast I really like. So, uh, you know, I think that's just kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, one last one would be like uh, sort of the lyrics for uh, "Idiotech" by Radiohead. You know, just that there's a certain, you know, kind of dark humor to it that, you know, the way he's describing sort of this situation that these people are in where, like, they can do anything they want in, mm-hmm. in down in this bunker. You know, it, it's it's just, you know, like that, that whole line, which I we've talked about in our lyrics episode, uh, like, I'll laugh until my head comes off, mm-hmm. I'll swallow till I burst. You know, the, the, there's just something that's like... Mm, like like i i don't know, it, 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 it's it's almost, it's it's a joker funny in a way yeah that that like it has like this very very morbid edge to it that i like and so it's just i don't know it, it, a lot of the time it's about contrast but you know it i don't know, I, I i again i i just i keep thinking how funny it is how we came at this from com- just completely different directions so, yeah, I mean, that's the beauty yeah. of, of, of music is that it's, it's such a subjective art form. And oh, well, in turn, talking about stuff, you know, you yeah. come from completely different directions. I mean, I think it's great that you brought up absurdist humor because that was one of the, um, you know, when human works, that was, that was a, you know, bullseye. You know, when something really transcends transcends humor of the day, when it's just, it's, it's so um, out there in a way. Because I think, you know, you brought up Wu-Tang, a great, great line. Uh, you know, it's from Clan in the Front, it, Jizza. Uh, what's that in your pants? Ah, human feces. Throw your shitty drawers in the hamper. Next time, come strapped with a fucking pamper. Like, that, I, I think that's hilarious. Um, and I think, I think, I think pamper at this point has kind of transcended um, eras. You know, like people, oh, yeah. people. It's, it's kind of like at this point, like, like, like you say, Q-tip. Like that's not actually what that's called, but you know, it's called like Kleenex, whatever. You know, Google it. And I think a problem that, especially in hip-hop, is too... Uh, humor that's too specific or humor that's too referential to the present moment. So when you listen to it... Like, when I listen to older hip-hop, there's some references I just I just patently don't get. Like, I, I just... I don't fully... Yeah. I don't fully understand it. And, you know, it's a... You know, obviously, you can... Um, you can figure it out. But I wonder, like, obviously... I've grown up close enough to the '90s that a lot of these, you know, a lot of references, I, I, I can understand. Like, I, I can pick it up, or I'm, I'm aware of it. But I wonder if we get further and further away, you know, will people be able to, you know, will they get it? Like, will it be something that they? Yeah, that that, that is an interesting point, and uh, you know, there's actually like uh, examples of that from you know much longer ago, like you know. Um, Jonathan Swift's, uh, he wrote a book called uh, Tale of a Tub, I think it was uh-huh. called. And, like, apparently, like, nowadays, it's, like, just completely unreadable because all the jokes in it are so set in the time period that nobody understands what they're supposed to mean anymore. Interesting. <laughs> like, it's it, it's kind of like um, kind of like opening up your old history textbook, you know, from, like, high school and seeing, like, all, like, the old political cartoons from, like, you know, like the eighteen hundreds, where like they're still using like script to like <laughs> like write the speech bubbles. 
Yeah. And stuff like that. Like it's it's like what what what's going on here? <laughs> oh, I, I will say though, um, some other things that make me funny, I, like that or that make me funny that I find funny, um, <laughs> is just I, I I like surrealism a lot. You know, yeah. that kind of like um, I've actually been reading a biography on Captain Beefheart. Um, mm. And uh, just listening to some of those, like, you know, seeing some of those lines being spoken and, like, you know, on the page, just, you know, in the tenure of a cat. <laughs> you know, just fast yeah. and bulbous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I think that that's where I was going to go with absurdist humor, is humor that is just, it's so, you know, surreal is probably a better way to put it. It's just, well, it's th- so... Th- there's definitely, there's a difference between the two. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's just, just generally... It, humor that's so bizarre and it's just it's funny because you're like wait what like what did i just hear like my favorite i, I wrote down captain beefheart and scott walker's examples i mean one of my favorite mm. lyrics walker ever wrote was if shit were music you'd be a brass band yeah like that that's just funny like when the first time i heard that i stopped and laughed and rewinded because i'm like that's really really funny or, or just like i aren't there like farts in in Bishwash? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly like it's so out there you're like what the hell am i listening to man um, yeah. The, 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 that being said, it doesn't need to always be like you know far out and like just you know bordering on bizarre, uh, because like you know I like there are parts of like instrumental music that, that can actually be funny if you really think about it. Like um, there are spots of uh, Cat of Nine Tails in uh, the, the the John Zorn string piece mm-hmm. that uh, like he'll, he'll just like reference all these old like like all these different themes and sort of these different sounds and just considering that it's like bookshelved by like these like just dissonant dissonant passages that like border on Pendereckian like you know horror basically you know it, it's just it, it's kind of like a lighthearted you know kind of take on it and like it's, it's definitely not humorous in the same way that you know like uh, you d- d- just having somebody like fart like, like Scott Walker, yeah. you know, it's but 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 it's kind of like a like a jovial sort of nod. It's a it's a jocular expression, if you will. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think um, I, I think that the the undercurrent to all of this, and this is my my last point, is it's just something's funny like it just is funny like you listen to it and it makes you laugh i think that that's kind of that's what makes humor such a difficult thing to because like when we talk about music we could describe what we like about music and it doesn't ruin the song but like once you start explaining a joke to someone and really breaking it down it kind of ruins the joke i mean yeah sorry to interrupt but just before i i forget this whole point just that because i i I think we're, we're treading on very delicate territory right now uh, just because I, I, I think any seriously in-depth discussion and or analysis of humor often fails to get to the root of it. And yeah. what's more is it kind of defeats the purpose. Like, I, I, I think humor is just like it's one of those things that I, it's not I don't think it's meant to be analyzed in the same way a lot of other things are. Because uh, it's just about, you know, enjoyment. It's about laughter. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I only wrote down, uh, like, like one quote for each of these, just because I didn't want to, like, over-explain. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's just, it, it has to match your sense of humor. It has to, you just, 
it has to gel with you, you know, with a bunch of different contextual factors. Uh, like for me, one of the funniest songs that I still love, like from the moment I heard it, is Love Again by Run the Jewels. Oh. Yeah, where the entire first half is um, dick in the mouth all day. Yeah, is LP and Killer Mike saying she wanted my dick in the mouth all day, and then they have on the latter half Gangsta gang- Boo, gangsta boo. Yeah. because that's the thing is it, it's so genius, it's so creative to me because if you didn't have that final verse, it's like I mean that's funny, but it's also they're, they're kind of it's a little dickish. Like I don't know, like it's a little <laughs> it's a little bit too braggadocious. But then you have Gangsta Boo in the latter half, like being super, like equally raunchy, if not raunchier, honestly. Yeah. And oh my god, her her verse in that is yeah, so funny. So, and then and then like she, she has the refrain at the end where she says, "He want this clit in his mouth all day." Like it's just, yeah. it's so genius. And like that, you know. Again, don't want to, you know, encourage you to listen to your, yourself. But from the first time I heard it, just hearing that click, I'm like, that's awesome. And I, so I I think if we're gonna be talking about funny rap songs, um. Danny Brown's "I Will." <laughs> oh, just just, just if, if only because of, of just the sheer audacity of it. Yeah, and, and no pun intended, but front to back, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I I the sad thing is I I could probably rap that thing in its entirety, <laughs> and it's it's not something that. You should probably like rap too, or you'd have to rap it aloud in in, in only certain contexts. Oh my god! Yeah, there, there are. That's such. A, I remember that that was the first Danny Brown song you showed me, and I'm like, what the fuck? It's so fun. Like, it's so it's yeah, so good. It, it's amazing. It's so good. Um, um yeah. So, so not to you know, I mean, this is inevitable, but yeah. What what about humor and music? Like, why does humor and music fail? And I have three very distinct scenarios, but like, what? I will turn it over to you first, Elaine. What about music? Like, I, I guess yeah. How do you recognize that someone's trying to be funny and that it just doesn't work for you? Um, I I think it's a matter of like, I I think sometimes you can get the feeling that they're trying too hard, mm, yeah, or that the topic that they're trying to broach breach what have you is um uh you know like maybe maybe they're trying to take it from an angle that just doesn't work mm-hmm. or uh i i think sometimes it's a matter of because I, I i think what we're forgetting in here is the idea that this is humor in music it's not just humor by itself yeah and so i think it's again it's very tough to merge these two things you know because you you you're I mean it's 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 hard to make good music i i think you know if you know just just considering i think just the socioeconomic pressures alone that that go into being an artist full time but um just on top of that like i you know to kind of have a flippant sense of humor you know to to be able to make someone laugh while also entertaining them musically it's yeah it's a tough thing because you know i i don't think everybody wants to be entertained like and i don't think everybody wants music to be funny and like i'm not saying that that's a bad thing like like it's it's your call what you want with music um it's just that like sometimes people's idea of what's funny like sometimes the the medium doesn't always fit the message if you Mm -hmm. will um like because when we're thinking of when humor fails i and this is gonna be a very unpopular opinion i think but 
I, I think Frank Zappa is just the perfect embodiment of this. Hmm. Because, like, Frank Zappa just... It seems like he thinks he's so funny. <laughs> it, and he... I, I just find him really cringy. Like, and it's sad because, like, he is just one of the most talented musicians of the last century like mm-hmm. like so incredibly gifted as a musician and yet you know he just comes up with like an album like called burnt weenie sandwich and it just it's like okay that that's funny or like uh lumpy gravy it's like okay <laughs> or like you know um it just i i mean pr- probably the most damning one for me is is uh, the entire Joe's Garage sequence of albums, which, I mean, it's, first thing, it's three fucking albums, so, like, it's, it's already a lot to take in. Like, three Zap albums at once is a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. But there are just, like, so many instances of, of him, like, just trying to be, like, a satirist and trying to, like, be like, oh, look at me, I'm so funny because I'm showing the ills of society, but I'm doing it in this humorous way. It just falls flat on its face for me. That just, like, like you know, like, I think I, I mean, I, I don't want to rant too much about this because I think I've ranted about this before, but there's a track uh, on Joe's Garage where, like, he's, I think Joe's, ha- like, this, the, the titular Joe is, is because it, it's a whole concept album, so the titular Joe is having sex with a robot, um, <laughs> and you're hearing it the entire time. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, and it's, 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 it's kind of like, like, it's goofy at first. But then, like, you realize it's pretty much the entire song. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, like, this backing track playing and just hearing, ooh, 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 you know, it just, like, <laughs> like, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. It, and it's just, or, like, I mean, the, probably the more, I, I, I think that if, if we had, like, a bunch of um, social justice warriors here, um, the track nude uh i think it's called nude, nude car wash would probably piss some people off <laughs> where it's just like you know like half of the track is just like this girl talking you know and like frank's up being like okay girls time to take your tops off you know it's just like that type of thing and it's like uh-huh like you know i'm not saying that stuff can't be funny it's just that like it, it's just it just does not hit right and maybe i think that could be just because of that we're in uh, 2020, so. But, yeah, but it, no, I, no. Yeah, I, just, Zappa just does not like. It, it always feels like he's he's always trying to make some sort of joke about something, but it's always like, just doesn't work. And I think part of it is because the music is just so well done that there's, like, I don't know that, that there's sort of like this expanse between the two. Like even like. If you listen to Apostrophe, which I think is a good album, mm-hmm. but like the whole like Yellow Snow sequence is just like, it's like why? Yeah, you know, just watch out where the huskies go and don't you eat that yellow snow? You know, <laughs> it's just like it, it, it's it's funnier hearing it from me than hearing it in the song. Yeah, which is kind of weird. And, and I think you know one of the bolts I wrote. This is I think somewhat related, maybe a little bit of a tangent, but definitely peak awkwardness is when it feels too forced like when they're they're trying too hard to make you laugh and i know i'm going to list some two really big names in this regard but 
Weird Al and Tenacious D for me have just it just never clicked with me. Really, and, but Weird Al that that's interesting. So to me, and I say yeah, I, I know this might be controversial. You know, it's just it's just it's not what I I like when I listen to an artist and then they just happen to be funny. I just I don't go to music for that. And to me, it's akin to like you know when you go to a restaurant and then suddenly a band starts setting up you're like no i don't no i'm not i'm not here for that i just want to yeah. eat like that that's what it feels like to me and i know there are a lot of people who love weird al and it's just it's not someone i really grew up listening to and it just doesn't you know it's never vibe with me like yeah. i just I'm, I'm not going to like once in a while you know snl and, and i emphasize once in a while like they'll do a comedy song that that works maybe but it's just not like to sit it, down it, snl in general is like mostly not funny yeah i know that's what i, I would you know, argue once once in a, yeah. in a in a blue moon the bluest of moons but yeah but but you know just sitting down listening to, like i can't imagine sitting down listening to like a full weird Al album well, like, yeah see I, I i i don't like maybe it's just because of my own relationship with weird Al that I, I personally don't view him as like one of those sit down and listen to a full album type of artists mm-hmm. like i like sometimes i'll go like on a little weird Al streak on youtube and like you know like I'll watch the uh, the the video for you know um, white and nerdy you know or like uh, <laughs> Amish Paradise which are both mm-hmm. great songs I enjoy them a lot but you know or or even a uh, foil you know the uh, the Royals cover mm-hmm. with like Patton Oswalt as a fucking alien and let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> see like I think they're great it's it's just that like I'm not gonna sit down and listen to a full Weird Al album like and it's it's not because I don't think he's an artist. It's just that, like, I, I don't know. It, it, it he he's just one of those artists that I I think I prefer listening to sort of in a different format. Um, I can't really come up with any other par like any other similar artists. I guess. Um, maybe yeah. Chelsea Wolf actually. Now that I think about it, because she does this really great version of Flatland, Flatlands. Uh, this acoustic version of it that's like. Mm-hmm even better than the album version mm-hmm. and uh you know but like i like i've had times where like i will listen to that like 10 times like i'll just repeat it on youtube 10 times <laughs> just because i find it so goddamn beautiful yeah uh, but like i really have lost interest in a lot of chelsea Bowles like albums so yeah um, and i think in general it speaks to how differently we can engage with humor. Like for me, obviously that's, it's something that you can't, I mean, I mean, obviously it's the same way as arguing about, you know, what we, what we enjoy about music, you know, what we find funny um, and and what we go to music for and what we get out of music, how we listen to it. And that kind of dovetails well into um, another point that it just so happened to be on a pop punk, kick like my old school pop punk wanted to listen to a bunch of old records and i got to blink 182 and (laughs) it just it worked out really well for this episode because they nail this bullet that humor that ages poorly or is that too specifically targeted to you know a specific audience their entire discography maybe (laughs) maybe up to maybe up until like you you get their self-titled then when they came back for neighborhoods and some of the more recent stuff it is all for 
middle school and high school boys, I, I mean, it feels like. like. Like, when you have an album that's named Enema of the State. Exactly, or Take um, Off Your Pants and Jacket. Like, yeah. And it, it was fun to listen to the music and sing along, but when you actually... When you actually dig in the lyrics, you're like, wow, this is not funny anymore. <laughs> like, this is just not, like, the sophomore humor that I thought was hilarious <laughs> back in the day. It's And again, this is, it's not necessarily an indictment of the music itself, because I liked it at one point. But for me, humor fails when you don't, like, I'm not a teenage boy anymore. So a lot of, like, these jokes about about any number of things related to, like, girls and, like, being embarrassed and, like, puberty and stuff... I just, I mean, I can remember what that was like, but I just don't find it fun anymore. Like, I don't relate to it. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think that there's something in that that, like, like I, I kind of enjoy sometimes when there's just really juvenile humor. Just if only for, like, nostalgic kicks, in a way. But, yeah, and, yeah. and it's, it's, some, of it, you know, some of it was funny. Like, you know, teenage love and whatever. Some of the jokes there, whatever. But... Some of it, like, we, Lauren and I were watching some of their old music videos, and the music video for First Date, like, they're walking to the band room, and he's like, yeah, so, like, I walked in, and my brother was there, and, like, I ended up kissing my brother, and, like, I don't know, whatever, it was weird, man. <laughs> and it was just, it was just like, what? <laughs> like, and, and it, you know who did the same thing as college humor? Yeah, like, 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 the, like, I remember that they had, like, an episode of Hardly Working where they're just, like, like, the, the beginning, it's just, like, I'm telling you, if we all kissed at once, our lips would touch. <laughs> or something like that, it was, like, four of them talking. Oh, like, I do, I remember yeah. that. Um, so, so I have one more, I don't know if you had anything, I have one more bullet that really... Go for um, it. This is, and, and again, all, I feel like all three of these bullets, you know, both for the good and the bad, are, you know... They touch on each other a little bit, but this one, I just had to talk about this when it comes to humor and music, uh, when it feels out of context, and the best example are skits in hip-hop. Hmm. Uh, the vast majority of skits in hip-hop Wait, wait, wait Scott, art. Scott, l- 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 let me get some popcorn first. <laughs> <laughs> but the vast majority of skits are like a break to try to be funny. And they virtually never work, and I they are totally... I don't know if they're all meant to be funny, in all honesty. Okay, I mean, no, but a lot of, Cause like... Because, like, isn't there a Wu-Tang skit where, like, one of the guys has a gun? No, yeah, like, Wu-Tang skits are actually funny, and, you know, I know you... Not, you know, not, not that one, but... <laughs> well, no, but, 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 like, some of them are funny, or yeah. if they actually help to move the story along, or they kind of contribute to the greater... Um, the greater story of the album, like you know, I know you have, you know, a complicated relationship with Kendrick Lamar. Will you say? But on Good, yep. Kid, Mad, Good Kid, Mad City, his debut, the skits are well placed and actually contribute to the general story he's trying to tell, in my opinion. Yeah. But there are so many. My best, the best example is because of just how much it. Because you know, there's examples like I forget which Eminem album it's on, but there's one skit where. Uh, the two dudes from Insane Clown Posse are giving him, like, or sucking his dick. And, like, he, he is basically, he calls him out by name and is like, yeah, like, you, you get it. You know, Shaggy Too Dope or whatever. And it's like, really? Really, Eminem? Like, but anyway. Yeah, but, I, I, like, wouldn't that just, like, I mean, I, 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 I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to make the Insane Clown Posse Yeah, he's trying, trying to, like, like emasculate gay, them. But, but yeah. like, I, I feel like if it's, if, if we're going to be having, like, a gay contest... 
I, I feel like Eminem wins that one by like a long shot. Yeah, it was. It's really funny because he's like, yeah, like you homos sucking my dick. It's like okay, well, if you think about, yeah, like if you think about it for two seconds, you're like, I don't know if that works as well as you think. Yeah, it does. Or, or or like the, uh, I I mean, if we're gonna talk about hip hop sketch, uh, sketches, what about that one in uh, freaking my my beautiful dark twisted fantasy with with Chris? Oh, Rock. Chris Rock. Oh, yeah. that's a great example where like I'm sure he thought it was hilarious and like first of all, it goes on way too long. Second yeah. of all, it's like wait a second, so. Did like did Kanye show her how to suck a dick? Like did did he coach her while she was like what even is what's going on here? And like why is like it's just yeah. But again, the best or like the, I guess the worst example of this is Biggie Smalls Ready to Die because the skits are terrible and you know it's it's a hugely the one, the one at the beginning's pretty interesting. Yeah, the one at the beginning, but then after the first song, Give Me the Loot, it's just an extended one of him vomiting, which obviously, I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, he's hacking up a lung, a lung. but then there's there's one where he convinces a girl to give him head, and you hear it, and then he she's like, I don't like doing that, and he's like, whatever, bitch, and then he and his friend laugh, which is like, also, why is his friend there, but anyway... And then there's, there's, <laughs> just, just, I feel like the conversations about it are more funny than the actual thing itself. Yeah, exactly. And then there's another one where like he, he's, you know, he's fucking someone and like the bed's shaking and she's like telling him like you, you fried chicken eating what? Like it just, it's, it's like this racially charged, like humor See, I, about it. like I, how again, I, I don't know if a lot of this stuff is meant to be funny. Like, you know, like especially like you know that 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 whole that whole like dick sucking thing in uh in that album but like that 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 just sounds like just straight up like sexual assault but yeah i I mean it's it's well i mean i mean i'm I'm not perhaps not doing it justice but it definitely feels like they're trying to at least be braggadocious be funny like to try to um convey something that just doesn't work and maybe these aren't the the best examples but it just it embodies like there's another song where these girls are leaving him voicemails about like how he's such a player and like you know they're they're pining after him because he left them out to dry. Uh, to me, hearing them, I think there's some humorous intent there. I mean, it's definitely not as funny. I mean, I think the the Chris Rock one that's a great example. Um, the Eminem one I just mentioned. There's a, a lot of dick sucking going on. I, I just <laughs> as as we're talking, I just didn't... <laughs> you, you you know that like that that saying that um like. The most homophobic people end up being the most closeted. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah, it's just it's... a matter of time for like half the rap community to come out. <laughs> it's like that. I I really didn't like um, the interview that movie where they they went to North Korea. Uh, so oh Rogan yeah, did, and yeah, James Franco. Like, I I actually love. I I know what scene you're talking about. I actually really like that scene. No, yeah, like the movie itself, I think is really flawed. And, and oh yeah, it's, it's it's kind of funny how. That like drew the ire of the North Koreans so much, but it's not really that great a movie. But yeah. the opening scene, because the whole thing is James Franco is a um, talk show a, host, an interviewer, yeah. yeah, a talk show host, and they play on the you know how like Dennis Rodman, the basketball player, is huge friends with Kim Jong Un. They play on that thing where the the you know, Kim Jong Un loves his radio show or his TV show, and he gets to go over and interview him. But the first scene, he's interviewing Eminem, and like Eminem just like like stone faced admits to being gay. And it's it's actually Eminem, and it's absolutely yeah. hysterical. It is it is hilarious because he's it's, just like yeah, like all along I just I want to admit that I'm I'm homosexual. Like, <laughs> Stan, Stan was actually a partner of mine. You know? <laughs> it was just so so funny. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. It's, it's kind of in a little bit of a roundabout conversation. I think just because humor, whether in music or otherwise, is is a very in inexact science. Um, but yeah, I, I I guess if if we can lead out with something, I, I would really just like to press the question. You know, should music be funny? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, this is a little bit of a cop, but like, as long as it works, as long as it makes sense, I mean, music can be anything, but I think, um, I don't know, because I feel like, like someone like Weird Al or Sinatius D, they're almost, it's kind of like what you said before, like, would you sit down and listen to a full Weird Al album? And I know there are plenty of people who, who would, like, obviously he was really popular, but I feel like comedy music or parody music, it's almost like a... You know, it's not totally separate from just bees. Yeah, but 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 it always it always definitely feels like more derivative. Yeah, like, like, like yeah, like it's it's maybe its own genre, but like almost like one A to being music because obviously it's it has a d- different intent than just you know quote unquote regular music. Like obviously it, it wants to, you know, I think of a comedian like Bo Burnham who does, you know, he he's made up some kind of funny rap songs where it's just full of punchlines trying to be funny like it's just like yeah little dicky yeah exactly you're line after line they're trying to make you laugh so on the one hand obviously there's a song there to be enjoyed but on the other hand you know there's another purpose there like they're actively it's kind of like uh i mean people like um oh well i forget his name but you know bo burnham and there's another guy he used to do like he would draw on notepads dimitri martin oh he he also yeah he would perform songs in his you know that were trying to be funny in his sets and flight of the concords yeah as well. and then you know obviously any of the you know steve martin any of the snl folks who who did did music oh yeah so, I, I always forget about steve martin dude playing yeah, the banjo like king top or like that that song yeah. too um yeah so it's interesting because i think once once the humor or i guess the more important the humor is to a songwriter like how much weight they place on that it does become kind of different like it kind of it for me at least it goes a little bit outside of being you know just straight up music because you're not just listening listening to it for the music i mean so couldn't you make that argument about you know other aspects of music like like if we talked about sort of uh you know if you're talking about like you know social justice in music you know, there are a lot of albums that are coming out now that have, like, a sort of, like, you know, wokeness to them, if you will, um, that, you know, people admire, you know, and consider a positive. And it's, but in a way, it's sort of, like, it's not even part of the music sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, because, you know, one of my favorite albums of all time, you know, I mentioned earlier, I Love You, Honey Bear by Father John Misty, like, he has funny lines, but the lyricism is about just his life. It's about, you know, be, you know, his personality. But it's a good point that when the the means to an end or the, the purpose of an album reaches beyond... I don't know. That's a good question because I, I, I... Part of me wants to say no, like, you know, music that's political is still music, but I think that's... that That's not really... That's not really being fair to my argument that, you know, yeah. comedy makes so... Yeah, I don't know. I I, I've kinda, I guess you kind of stumped me a little bit. I, I, I'm basically, I, I'm that person who uh, goes to the grocery store and, and pokes the pack of cheese until it gets a hole in it. 
<laughs> so uh, I, I'm, I'm that person. No, um, but I, I think it's a really good point is that, and I think it, it goes back to, you know, not, not to, again, end on a cop-out or, or to, to not answer the question directly, but it really depends what you're going to music for. Because I don't necessarily think there's any reason music shouldn't be funny. Just like, personally, I don't think there's any reason an artist should avoid any topic as long as they you know the lyrics are, are good and they make sense and the, the it doesn't affect the music and the, obviously the music itself is good um but I, I it does change it a little bit just kind of like music that's uh political and i know obviously we we feel differently about you know whether or not we enjoy music that's political but regardless it does change it you know listening yeah. to you know listening to just any old like like an old Wu Tang song, like an old Raekwon song, or something like that, where it's just about you know you know the gang or, or you know like not that kind of gang, but like just rapping and just being a dominant rapper versus like the other day I was listening to to Pimp Butterfly for the first time in forever, and you know the Black or the Berry that carries Sweeter a little the juice, yeah, that carries a little bit of weight to it. Like you said, this, it it hits you a different way because you know he has a message behind it so you don't he, it just it doesn't fall on the ears exactly the same as another hip-hop song so i think that's kind of the same way with comedic music is that if you know it's trying to make you laugh if you know how much emphasis they put on the comedy you know does that hit your ears differently than just an artist that happens to say something funny in their music i don't know i think it's an interesting question yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the the bigger question that I guess I've brought up is is just like you know, is uh, should should one you know take more out of the music than just the music, um, and like I I don't think that there's an answer to that. Like I think it's very much a person to person type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Though I I do think that as of late, people seem to be more obsessed with what music has to say rather than what the music is mm-hmm. so um yeah yeah and, and i think that you know everything i've just said at the end of the day actually enjoying the music has to be well i mean it doesn't have to be you know whatever you want but like for me like if i don't like the music it i couldn't care less what they're trying to say what the lyrics are what the message is or whatever like if the music itself isn't enjoyable you know i go back to my classic example of immortal technique like i'm sure he is very well researched and very you know well-intentioned you know well mean meaning in his lyrics i just don't like listening to his music so no matter what political message or whatever you know educational or different context he might bring to different socio-economic issues his music isn't enjoyable to listen to so it doesn't matter yeah. Like, you know, someone could be absolutely hilarious and, you know, like someone, you know, I, I love uh, Bill Burr. Like, he could sing horribly funny jokes over, like, you know, dissonant piano chords, not out of artistic intent, but just because he doesn't know how to play piano. I'm not going to want to listen to that, even though I love Bill Burr. You know, yeah. obviously that's an extreme example, but it, it still has to be musical in a way that you enjoy, regardless of what they're trying to achieve or you know if they're if they're funny or not but at the end of the day i think to me i don't go to music for laughs but when someone is funny it is it is a a bonus you know like i didn't i didn't go in and run the jewels too expecting to laugh as much as i did with with love again and it was fun that i did um so yeah yeah no i i definitely you know it's it's definitely this is a it's it's such a broad topic 
that we're trying to discuss. Yeah. That I, I, I don't know if, if we're, we'll ever really come to, um, you know, a, a, a good place to sort of stop, I guess, mm-hmm. talking about it. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess we should just end it now then. <laughs> yeah, because you know, like I said earlier, the, the more you try to talk and analyze a joke or something that's funny... Like it, the more it ruins it. Yeah. Like it's kind of like the equivalent of a magician explaining his joke. Like if after every joke, a comedian is like, "See, this is why that was funny." Like people would start filing out of the comedy club pretty quickly. Yeah. I, I, I guess my my last statement is just that you know, for for me, the music is more important than anything else. You know, oh, yeah, all absolutely. that other stuff is is just the frosting on top, if you will. Um, you know, but at the same time, that doesn't mean. I, I, that you know, music needs to take itself seriously, and that that artists need to take themselves seriously, or that people need to take, you know, people's art, you know, in the serious philosophical, you know, political way that they do nowadays. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's it's always free to interpretation. So yeah, absolutely. And I know I know I've said this specific line before, but um, you know, I listen to albums with great music and bad lyrics you know there are plenty of albums i own that fall into that category Mm. i honestly can't think of an album i own where i think the lyrics are fantastic but i don't like the music you know i think at the end of the day what's most important is that you enjoy the sound i mean because you listen to music for for its sound for its sound yeah i mean that's a really um you know basic way to put it but it's true at the end of the day that's what yeah. is most important that's definitely something we both agree on alright well let's talk about albums, albums of the week uh, Scoots you got an album of the week for me I do and I actually I was gonna keep this one until um, we recorded next week because it's close to my birthday but I, I just I, I gotta talk about it <laughs> um, look, so Elaine being the, the, the you know such a great friend got me uh, Los Angeles by Flying Lotus which is I think I, I spent... He has won before Los Angeles. I think we were yeah, talking a little it, bit while... It was like his debut, which they... I don't even know if it's in print anymore. Yeah, because when we were talking about them a little bit while back, I, I I think I framed it as if, you know, that album didn't exist. And when I was looking, I was like, oh, shit. Like he yeah, 1983. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Los Angeles was the one I had spent the least amount of time with. I, I own all his other, you know, Cosmogramma, you know, whatever. Not, not Fumaga, but we don't need to... <laughs> Nobody um, needs to own Flamagra. It's okay. But man, I have been spinning like every time I've been in the car. You know, the limited times when I've had to go places, just spinning LA over and over again. I think it's my favorite Flylow album now. I don't. It's just nice. it's it's so fucking good. <laughs> I mean, it just it really. I think when I I talked about Black Taffy uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago at this Which point, I I actually did listen to uh, like last week, I think. Did you, did you like it? Yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, I'm, I I don't think I'm as in love with it as you are, but it's definitely really cool for what it is. Yeah, that's good to hear. And yeah. I, th- I think for me, what, what that achieved, uh, Flylo does um, with a much more hip-hop-oriented focus in the sense that it's just it's the perfect kind of beat tape where it, each song, like, you almost... You almost wouldn't want to hear someone rap over it. Like it's just it's so well constructed to give mm. you that amazing hip hop vibe, and you know, especially the 
production style that only Flylo can offer. You know, it's it's just amazing. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't like it doesn't feel like it's missing rapping. Like there are so many B tapes I've heard where it just after a while you're like, okay, this is boring. Like I feel like I need something here. But mm. he just is such an incredible producer, and you know, I, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm so glad you 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 bought it for me. I really appreciate it. Well, hey, happy fucking birthday. Yeah. <laughs> 26. Have to have to start paying for healthcare. Woohoo. So. I know. I know. <laughs> Enjoy it. Welcome to the club. Yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, it, uh really It sucks, about Scott. It. I mean, I, I, at least you have a job, so it isn't, you know, horrible. Yeah, and it, it's 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 not yeah. too bad, you know. We'll, we'll, I'm, we'll, I'm, yeah. Maybe maybe we should talk about this uh, when we're not recording, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I I like being an adult, and I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that I can because you know one of the things I love being an adult is that I can whenever I want to buy new music, I can just like do that. I mean, I remember the days where I would have to limit myself to whatever I got for my paycheck that week. You know, I have to put CDs back, and yeah. I mean nowadays I should still put CDs back, but I just don't because I don't really have to. Yeah. So, See, I, me on the other hand, uh, if if there's if there's any like eighteen year old going into college who wants to change places with me, uh, you know, just let me know. Call me up. Um, <laughs> make that switch any day. Uh, <laughs> just just let me keep my my Euro rack system. So <laughs> the priorities, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, my album of the week is uh, you know an album that. Uh, Scott was we and Scott were talking about uh, before uh, that I had known about for a little bit that I hadn't really given a shot and finally listened to it. It's um, the new Mama League album, Come and See. Oh, sweet. Um, you know, I so I'm I'm gonna go on like a little bit of a tangent here because I, and you, you'll see it's just that th- this album reminds me a lot of the movie Midsommar in a way. Okay. Not in terms of what the movie's about. Or anything like that. Just more in that, after I watched Midsommar, I just have not been able to not think about it, to some to some degree. Just like, it it, it it's like a fixture in my brain, and similar to that, like you know, come and see is very much in that wheelhouse of like, it like, it just really it sounded so interesting that it's just still keeping with me, even though I haven't listened to it since like my first listen like last week. Uh, but it's something like I, I like I, I, I haven't really done enough research, but I don't think it's available on CD. But if it was, I would buy that thing on the spot, like because it, it was just like it, it is everything I want in an experimental rock album. And I, I just I think it's like it. it is up there with one of my favorite albums of the year so far, even though I've only listened to it once. Like I've just, I was just so impressed by it that I just can't wait to listen to it again. So nice. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. So I, let's hope that they, they put it out on CD though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they, cause it's a, it's a Flenser release. Um, and I know Flenser is kind of weird about, you know, some artists do, CD and vinyl. Some artists do only vinyl. It, it's uh, yeah, but th- th- that's more due to the artist, not uh, not the flenser, though. Yeah, uh, I, you know, but I, I know some uh, some labels that wouldn't really, you know, that wouldn't really be an option. So you know, I think it's it's cool labels like the flenser give give folks a, a, a choice. But then if they don't put out 
in the format you like, it can be a little, a yeah. little frustrating. I, I mean, I, I honestly, worst case, I, I might just use a blank CD and just put yeah. it on my shelf because I, I, I just think it's that great of an album. Um, I just cannot say enough good things about it. Uh, if you're vaguely interested in like experimental rock and sort of industrial uh, leanings into rock and sort of black metal's gen general impact on rock music, this is like the thing to listen to, uh, just w- without a fucking doubt. So, all right, well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Yeah. Right. Next lot. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.